Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I'm your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Oh, hi. Hello. Hello. Right, so I'm going to get straight into it this week. Yeah, you're sounding very serious. I, I don't mean to sound serious. <laughs> it's just that um, this is a story that rather got away from me. Yes, it did. You have been researching for a solid three or four hours, I would say. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds like we do nothing. We do nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, I generally put in a good few hours of research, but this was, I thought this was going to be a nice, simple little mystery. And it was going to be, you know, kind of interesting, kind of weird and like, yep. oh, what's going on here? And then it turns out to have been like the build up to it is such a, to use a Mark Commodism, cluster fruitcake mm-hmm. that... I'm all but certain this is going to have to be two episodes. Okay. So the actual event that I that sort of is the main thing that I'm going to talk about is probably going to actually come next week, and this is going to kind of be the build up. It's a bit like um when I did the episodes about the ship, the Terror. Yes. Where the first part was just a lot of build up, except this has more stuff going wrong than the Terror. Yeah. Okay. So. Listeners might remember the terror, and if not, go back and listen to it because it's a mm. cracking episode and has links to a TV show that was also very good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm. Um, and a good book, too. Yeah. All round good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of things going wrong, I didn't think anything could go more wrong than trying to sail a ship through the North Pole, effectively, and ending up with everyone dying and committing cannibalism, possibly. Yeah, well, the thing about this story is Does it that, involve cannibalism? Uh, it involves rumours of cannibalism. But oh the, my god! The actual cannibalism uh, happens in an event that happens later on that I'm actually not going to talk about. <laughs> okay, Maybe great. I should actually start talking about what the topic is okay. so that I can stop dancing around this issue. But I love dancing around the topic. You've got to <laughs> tease them, Barnaby. You've got to tease them. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine listeners getting very frustrated. I'm sorry, listeners. It's okay. Sit down. I'm patting your head now. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Okay, so we are going to go to late 16th century England. Nice. Land of biscuits and cider. I'm not a fan of the late 16th century in England. No, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. It is the reason why I decided not to study early modern history was the late 16th century. (laughs) It's so dull. Yeah. I mean, it's got witches and stuff in it, but it's still dull. I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of Puritans. But yeah, I think that's... The the religious stuff kind of gets a bit... Yeah. And that is actually a little bit important for our story because the thing is that at the time, England... I think we here in Britain tend to think of the British Empire as almost like a God-given right. Oh, yeah, it's an inevitability. Yeah, absolutely. But during this time in history, it really wasn't. Like, Britain and England in particular wasn't as powerful as I think we like to believe it was. Well, how dare you, sir? We've always been powerful. We've had a navy since the time of Alfred the Great. Ah, but you know who else had a navy? Who? The Spanish. Oh, those bastards. Yes, and this was during... (laughs) Sorry, Spanish people, I love you. (laughs) Yes, we're only joking about, but this was a time when the Spanish Empire was really thriving. Oh, yeah. And it was one of the dominant global powers, and... Was this because of 
South America. It was, yes. And England was really trying to, you know, fight back against the Spanish Empire and carve out some of the wealth that Spain had already claimed. So we're going to go to America? We are going to go to America. So about this time, the Spanish Empire had claimed much of Central and South America. Mm Mm-hmm. But this left England to try and lay claim to North America. I love the logic. Yes, absolutely. It's like, oh, there's a chunk left. Yeah, pretty much. Now, this was not only to get the land and resources, but also to create ports so that they could set their privateers onto Spanish treasure ships returning from Central and South America. Oh, that's a fair point. We have talked about that a little bit Mm. before when we talked about Diego. Diego, yeah who was on one of Francis Drake's ships. Yes, absolutely. He will actually crop up in the story. Francis Drake or Diego? Francis Drake, okay, not that's Diego, a shame. I'm afraid. <laughs> it would be amazing if it was Diego, but I'm afraid it's just Sir Francis Drake. All God, right. that hack. That hack. He's oh my nothing God. like Diego. <laughs> <laughs> he would be nothing without Diego. That's true. Well, amongst the various problems... Uh, wasn't just, they weren't just of a political nature, but also of a religious nature, because Spanish was pretty universally Catholic yeah. and heavily so. Yep. And England, under Queen Elizabeth I, was heavily Protestant. Yes. Now, there were fears that Spain would move from Central and South America into North America, and then they would convert the natives to Catholicism. Oh, no. And England was like, we can't have that. We've got to go to North America and convert the natives to Protestantism. (laughs) Was this genuinely a concern? This was genuinely a concern. That's amazing. Yeah. Of course, no one asked what the natives wanted. No, no. But, you know, if they... like. We've got to convert everyone to Christianity. Yeah. That's a given, right? Because yeah. that's in the nature of Christianity. But we can't have them converted to the wrong Christianity. Oh, my, no. We're going to turn up and all the Native Americans are going to start talking in Latin and hurling graven images at us. They're going to be swinging an incense about next. I know, right? And that is just a fire hazard. Yeah. It can be very dry in parts of America. <laughs> there are wildfires. That's true. Fires. Think about the sequoias. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm pretty sure... The English didn't know about at no, that time. No, absolutely not. So, of course, the the good people of England wanted to go and free the Native Americans from the possibility of Catholic tyranny. Hurrah! And also grab a load of land and resources and yeah. raid Spanish ships along the way. Yeah. They're not going to get the amount of gold that the Spanish went for, though, which no, I think was a true. very important factor in, like, taking over brazil yeah i mean this is the thing the spanish really lucked out by going to central and south america first or did they (gasps) hyperinflation oh well yes there is that but um of course this led to other people sort of going oh north america there's probably gold there too i mean yeah but it's like right on the other side isn't it i know but they didn't know that at the time so one of the famous figures from english history sir walter raleigh woo who's actually a bit of a dick. Yeah. I mean, every famous figure from English history is usually a bit of a dick. (laughs) Yeah, he's particularly bad. Is Um, he? Oh, no, he was one of my favourites. Well, okay, there's a couple of things. It's actually not going to come up this episode, but it will be next week, where he behaves really badly. Okay, okay. And this is even before the treason charges. I'm fine with the treason, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually fine with the treason. Anyway, he had been gifted territory in the southern part of North America. And... He basically felt it was important to set up this strategic colony, uh, not only to harass the Spanish treasure ships, Mm -hmm. and not only to convert the natives to Protestantism, Mm -hmm. but to try and block the Spanish from colonising further. 
Because okay. as I say, Spanish Empire at this time, one of the most dominant powers in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really important to try and stop them getting any bigger because then little old England won't have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. So... What I love the five seconds that we were angry at Spain. Like, <laughs> we very rarely fought with Spain. Yeah. And this was like a really big deal for like maybe a hundred years. Oh, and yeah. then we dropped it. Yeah. Which is like, I don't care anymore. It's France all the way. Well, Sir Walter Raleigh actually can't take over the duties of colonising because he is forbidden from leaving the Queen's side. Yeah. So he's got to stay in England. See, I knew about this from a really weird source. Yeah. Michael Morpurgo, oh, okay. as in the children's book writer, mm. wrote a book back in the 90s, I think, called My Friend Walter. Oh, hang on. This is where the boy encounters the ghost of Walter Raleigh. I thought it was a girl, but either way, oh, yes. Possibly. Some, someone encounters the a ghost child. of... A child encounters the ghost of Walter Raleigh. It's very favourable towards Walter. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely sort of hard done by history with the treason and that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I knew about he wasn't allowed to leave the Queen's side. She was very jealous about him. That yeah. kind of thing. Queen Bess was like that sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Every once in a while, she is the Queen from Blackadder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah... So, as he's unable to go himself, all these expeditions that he sends out, other people lead them. He yeah. is never in, actually directly in charge of them. He's mostly acting kind of as a patron for them. That makes sense. But nominally, he is in charge. And on April 27th, 1584, he sends the first ships to what is now known as Cape Fear in North Carolina. It's a good name. It is a good name, isn't it? By the autumn, the expedition had actually returned to England. It was only a short stopover. Okay. And they had stories of a bountiful land, uh, teeming with supplies and resources yep. and friendly natives as well. Great. You know why America had so many resources? Yeah. It was because apparently, and granted I've only really read this online, right. um, Native Americans used to effectively supervise the land rather than farm it. Right. But there was always this impression that they were just, you know, lazing around or something and doing right, hunting and like some, some yeah. like foraging. But actually, apparently what they were doing was encouraging growth of right. certain plants in certain areas, which is why they used to move about from place to place. Okay. Because certain things grow well in certain areas and they encouraged that growth, which was hmm. why America was amazing to live in as a nomad. Hmm. And of course, this depends on the tribe as well. Like, oh, yeah. Even though I'm going to frequently refer to Native Americans, um, they are not a monolith. No, no. And I'm, I'm going to so try and separate out some of the tribes, but in some cases I just can't. Um, but yeah, it is probable that what had happened is this expedition did indeed encounter some quite friendly tribes. Yeah who, you know, had done good things with the land, and so they brought back stories of how great America was. Yeah. Not only that, but they had managed to persuade, and this is uh, in their words, two of the savages being lusty men whose names were... <laughs> lusty. Yeah. I know that lusty doesn't mean that, but it always sounds like it does. Yeah. Whose names were Juan Chez and Manteo to return with them to England. Their names were Juanches and Manteo. Juanches and Manteo. It sounds like the Spanish have already got there. I know, right? <laughs> this is... Um, I, the pronunciation is probably wrong, and I am sorry yeah. for that, but it's W-A-N-C-H-E-S-E. -E. Oh, okay. I have 
heard it pronounced as one cheese. Okay. But in my head, all I hear is one cheese. I mean, it's some 16th century person writing stuff down. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be easy to work out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Manteo is M-A-N-T-E-O. Okay. So they brought back these two uh, because Wanchez was actually a chieftain of the Sakotan people. Oh, my God. Who were a tribe who controlled a place called Roanoke Island, which is very important for our story. And for people who know this yeah. myth, you might know what this topic is about. Because the I've... word Roanoke is ringing a bell. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, continue yeah. with that in a little bit. Uh, the other, Manteo, was of the Croatan people. Okay. And he was believed to be the chief. Right. He actually wasn't. Okay. They brought him because they thought he was the chief, but he was actually the son of the chief. Right. It was his mother who was the chief. Oh, and they were being sexist. Yeah, they were basically being sexist and were like, well, she might be his mother, but clearly she's not in charge. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hadn't really had a queen with a child at that point in English history. No, absolutely not. So these two were brought back and they were kind of presented as oddities. Yeah. But also they were, I guess, walking advertisements. Okay. They were kind of curios for people to go and like, oh my God, these people are different. We're definitely going to go to America and have a, you know, a bit of a gawk at them. So was this one of those situations where... I'm going to talk in more 1700s terms, yeah. but like you'd set up a drawing room with these guys in it and people yeah. would come and visit them and yeah. be like, oh, this is super interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. But I mean, rather than being like freak show demonstrations, no, which I think is what people imagine. Yeah, no, not that sort of thing. It's more, uh, yeah, it's it's interest rather than, you know, horror and revulsion, anything right. like that. Is this a situation like with Peter the Wild Boy where you take them to court and you're like, now you've got to learn to eat with a knife and fork. <laughs> and they're like, why though? Well, it's very interesting. The two of them had completely different experiences of England. Okay. Manteo actually had, to, it seems like, a really nice time. Okay. He was really interested in English culture and technology. Mm. And he really wanted to learn about things like clockwork. Oh, yeah. I mean, that must be fascinating if you've come from a more tribal area where you haven't seen that before ever. Absolutely. But Wanchez, however, he was not interested at all. He did not like the English. He refused to learn English. And after a while, he basically considered that he was a captive prisoner rather than a guest. I mean, fair enough, because how are you going to get back? I mean, yeah. 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 So the stories of the riches of America and the curios in the form of these two natives led to a number of rich investors providing Raleigh with the funds necessary to create a permanent colony. Excellent. It also led to Raleigh being granted the land of Virginia and being named the Knight Lord and Governor of Virginia. Question. Yeah? Who's granting him the land of Virginia? Why, Queen Elizabeth, of course. And had anyone got Virginia before this? No. (laughs) (laughs) Great, I love it. So It's like granting someone land on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Very much is, but you can do that. Yeah, I know. Apparently. (laughs) I I don't think you could actually claim it anyway. Yeah. So this story that I am presenting is the story of the Roanoke Colony Mystery. Okay. Otherwise known as the Missing Roanoke Colony. 
Right. So this is one of the first attempts to set up a permanent colony in North America. Prior to that, it had all just been sort of visits and Mm. expeditions, sort of fact-finding. Yeah, and being like, these tribes are super friendly because we're not trying to take their land. Yeah. And of course, prior to that, there are other peoples who discovered America, notably the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, they didn't stick around either. Basically, the Vikings turned up and were like, it's not great here, is it? And went home. Yeah. It's not worth it, guys. Yeah, exactly. So, on April 9th, 1585, the second part of the expedition left for America. The original plan was to send 69 men to do further investigations of the area and then set up plans for a permanent colony. Okay. However, the marketing for this was too successful. Oh, no. Over 600 men ended up joining the expedition. Oh my god. And it soon became a plan to begin the permanent colony. Right. Okay, so they're not scouting it anymore. They're just like, let's go. They're doing let's do both. It. Right. They're st- they've still got to inspect the area and they're actually going to bring along people to test the soil to see if they can find any valuable minerals. Okay. But they are also going to start work on the permanent colony. Okay. Now, it's important to note that this is 600 men. There were no women or children involved. Yeah. So this is very much not, you know, going to be the whole colony. <laughs> yeah, I understand. This is kind of like, let's go, let's, I assume, start building and farming and stuff, and then let's get wives shipped over to us exactly. later on. Exactly. They can come over when there are houses to be clean and kitchens to be cooked <laughs> in. Am I right? Wait, hey. lads, lads, lads. Anyway... <laughs> My question is, where are they going to get their beer from? I think they were still mostly female brewers at that time. That's a very good point. Mm. Mm. Well, maybe they brought them along with them because they did have seven ships which they were taking over, which is quite a lot of supplies Mm. allowing for. Like 600 men across seven ships. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Like that's a space for a lot of stuff, including Juanchez and Manteo, who get to go home. Oh, good. What was Juanchez's opinion of this? Because he was the chieftain of the Roanoke, like the tribe in Roanoke, yeah, right? Yeah, the, uh, the Sakotans. Yeah. Um, I think he was mostly just happy to go home because, as I said, he didn't know English. Yeah. So he wouldn't have heard any of these plans unless Manteo had told them to him. And I suspect that both of them probably weren't let in on what was going on. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, poor Juanchez. Uh, among the crew as well was the artist John White, who'll become important later. Okay. And also, just as a sort of side note, uh, Joachim Gans, a bohemian metallurgist and the first Jewish person in America. Amazing. Which I think is just quite cool. I mean, it's quite cool that the first Jewish person in America is so early on. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. guess there's always this assumption that jewish people moved there in i don't know victorian times something Mm. like that well he had come over from prague and was living in england and he actually has quite an interesting life i I mean he must have done yeah i might actually do an episode on him at some point i'm pretty sure it was still illegal to be jewish in england at the time Yeah, quite probably (laughs) we do not have a good history of being kind to the jewish people oh my no (laughs) well this second expedition was not successful. It was about as least successful as it could possibly be. Excellent. I mean, I love that for history purposes. Yeah. To be fair, this was not really their fault. The weather was awful at so many points where they really needed it to be good. So as they set out, uh, I believe they actually sort of got everyone together in Portugal and left from there. That makes sense. Uh, 
but as soon as they left, a storm quickly separated one of the ships oh no. and sunk another. Oh no! Yeah. Further bad weather and Spanish raids caused most of the ships to have to end up landing in Jamaica. Um, how far is Jamaica from North Carolina? Like I mean, a long way, it's, right? It's pretty far. So I, I looked this up because, sorry America, but I don't know your states very well. North Carolina is just below Virginia. Right. So it's on the East Coast. It's roughly in the middle. Okay. So it's not as far as it might have been. It's still pretty far I've from I've got Jamaica. to admit, you say North Carolina, I'm like, North! I know, right? I yeah. think I imagine it's near North Dakota, even though I know they're completely different yeah, places. Yeah, no, so if you look at the East Coast, it goes North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, still a fair distance. Yeah. But not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. So only one ship, the Tiger, managed to make it even close to the site they were going for. Oh my god. And they began setting up a temporary fort... To be fair, they were not the only ship that would get there. They would have another ship because the Elizabeth joined them later on. I feel like that name is a bit on the nose. It isn't is a it? little bit, yeah. When you're going Virginia and then yeah. you're like Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, but uh between the men on these two ships, they actually managed to capture two Spanish ships as well. Oh my god. Yeah. So they weren't quite back up to the seven that they had. No, I mean seven down to two is not good odds. Well, it's up to four now with the Spanish ships. I suppose. Yeah. And fortunately, they have the Tiger, because the Tiger was carrying the bulk of the food supplies. Oh, good. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be all right. So they disassemble the temporary fort, and it's like, okay, this is who we've got. We're going to go over to the colony site. Right. They set sail. The Tiger hits a shoal. Oh, and no. sinks. What? Yeah. Wow. It hits a shallow sho uh, shoal and the whole thing just goes under the water. Oh my God. Basically destroying most of the food supplies. Yeah. Okay, great. So with few people and mm. fewer supplies, the plan to build a colony became a desperate struggle for survival. One of the ships that was remaining, led by Sir Richard Grenville, who was actually in charge of the expedition, was sent back to England to request aid. I feel like I've heard of Sir Richard Grenville, but I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why you might have done, but I'm. Mm. if you say you have, I believe you. Believe women. No, that's not what that's <laughs> that, about. No. <laughs> <laughs> so those left behind began trying to secure food from the local Sakotan people as well as trying to actually complete their mission of assessing the soil for mineral wealth. And it seemed that despite the hardships, despite the loss of five ships, mm -hmm. six ships actually now, yeah. including their food supplies, yep. the mission is finally underway. Yay! Unfortunately, things went south again. Really? Yes. We don't have official records of what happened over the winter months, but it does seem that the colonists were afflicted by a disease. Okay. An epidemic, possibly influenza or smallpox. Okay. Now, because they were trading with the Sakotan people, they began infecting them as well. Oh, no. And the new chief of the Sakotans, a man by the name of Wingina, had become ill. So he actually came to the English asking for help because okay. he thought he had just got it because the English had brought kind of bad airs with them. Okay, yeah. And he was like, they know how to deal with this. Exactly. So the English start saying some prayers. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, he actually starts getting better. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, it might just be that, you know, he was getting better anyway, or it might be that the Lord intervened. Who knows? But either way, when Gina's like, this is fantastic. You guys have this great power to cure this disease. Can you come around our tribes and help cure more people? And okay. the English are like, yes, of course we shall. We yeah. shall we shall speak with you delightful savages. <laughs> and of course, in doing so, they spread the disease further. Because, I'm going to interrupt you here very yeah. quickly. I know why I know the name Richard Grenville. Yeah. It's because the first big school I went to, all of the houses were named after different um different ship heroes. Right. And one of them was Grenville House. Oh, well, there we go. One of them was Raleigh as well. Okay. I was in Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> so English. But did you hear me? The English spread the disease amongst the Sakotans. I'm sorry. I'm just like not surprised by that. Yes, I know. But it's just one of these things where it's like, oh, things are just getting bad again. Yeah. So because of this, the Sakotan people quickly saw that the English were spreading the disease. Yeah. So relations became a bit chilly. Understandable. And this is also presumably a problem when you don't actually have that much food and you haven't started farming yet. Exactly. So not only have people of the tribe who would be doing some of the farming have died, but also the Sakotan people, I think this was common amongst many tribes in uh, America at the time, they they didn't farm on large scales. No. It was small stuff, basically, like what was necessary and a bit more for trade and for stores and things like that. Yeah. But they weren't They're not capitalists. No, they're not capitalists. They were not set up to basically be a food industry for the English colonists. No. Who do not have much of an ability to farm the land because they don't know it very well. It's very different soil. Mm. It's all going south. The English are being demanding... And really? they also brought over a load of disease. Everything that was originally, you know, pretty chill is getting a little bit tense. Mm. And actually, the chieftain that I spoke of, uh, Wingina, he actually changes his name. He changes his name to Pemisapan. Okay. And this means one who watches. Ooh. And it's implied that this is kind of... A, a gesture that relations have gone badly. He yeah. is now wary. He's keeping an eye on the English. That's very cool. It is very cool. And it is completely lost on the English settlers yeah. who completely fail to recognize that there is frustration and a decline <laughs> in their relationship with the Sakotan people. They're like, oh, it's fine. They'll give us some more food. Yeah, basically. Ralph Lane, the governor of the con- colony, asks Pemisapan uh, for help with a plan that Lane had to search further inland for supplies and resources. Pemisapan seemed to basically go along with it and is like, yeah, cool. I know exactly where you should go, but you might want to watch out. There's this area here where a load of tribes are gathering, and they're gathering with their warriors because they intend to wipe you out. Okay. It's probably best that you go and deal with them. Right. So Ralph is like, oh, cheers, Pemisapan. You're a, you're a stand-up guy, you. I don't know why you changed your name and why you're all about watching us now, but hey, <laughs> doesn't matter. You've told us about this impending threat, and we are going to go deal with it. So Lane leaves with a company of soldiers, and he does indeed find the warriors waiting for him. There's a bloody battle. And Ralph Lane and his soldiers do manage to come out as a victor. But he discovers from one of the captured uh, tribesmen 
that Pemisapan had come to these tribes as well. Yeah. And had told them that they should all gather for a council of war because the English were coming to wipe them all out. So he had basically played the oh, two sides Pemisapan, against each other. Oh, you tricksy bastard. I know. I mean, it's a pretty good idea. It's a good move. Because it's basically, there's all these other tribes in the area and the English. And he's like, I could possibly wipe them all out in one go. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect, right? It's like, I'm bored of all of my tribes people getting ill. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work because Ralph Lane and his soldiers survive. Yeah, and find out what he did. Yeah, but they actually don't do much about it. Because they're kind of like, okay, this is not good. Yeah. But he isn't attacking us directly. Yeah. So the colony is okay for now. We can continue following the rivers and searching for supplies. Okay. I mean, it's they're thinking of the good of the colony. I kind of get his point. Like, they don't have enough men at the moment anyway. No, absolutely not. So you don't really want to fight with the only people who've been helping you so far. Even if they have... Turned on you a bit. Yeah. So they make their way further up the river and find nothing. Well, not quite nothing. They find hostile warriors. Excellent. But nothing in terms of supplies and resources. So eventually, after quite a long time, they're forced to go back and return to the colony. Apparently the colonists had actually assumed that they'd all died. Oh, And to be fair, when they turned up, they were half-starved and basically lacking anything. Yeah. So they probably looked a bit dead as well. For a brief period, though, this actually led to peace between the Sakotans and the English. Oh, okay. It seems like the English were too weak to be much of a threat to (laughs) them. And the Sakotans, therefore, you know, didn't attack and everything was just kind of a little bit chill. Yeah. It was okay. Everything's going to be all right now, right? I mean, I'm assuming not because this is the history of native and European relations in North America. Yes, indeed. It all goes terribly wrong <laughs> when a member of uh, Pemisapan's council dies and is replaced by one Chez. <gasps> one Chez! does not like the English. Understandable. So he manages to persuade Pemisapan that it's time to basically go out and uh, fight the English. Mm-hmm. And the next few months sees skirmishes between the two sides. Now, you'll probably remember back that uh, Sir Richard Grenville Mm -hmm. had gone to England to uh, bring back supplies. Yes. He has failed to do so. No ships turn up, and this has been months by now. Great. Months and months, and there is no sign of them whatsoever. By the end of May, Pemisapan was gathering his warriors for an all-out assault but the English managed to ambush him. He was captured and he was executed, and his head was placed on a wooden pike outside the fort. Great. You can tell that, you know, nothing here is going well. No. There there is war going on. They've killed the leader, but, you know, that's probably going to antagonise them further. Yeah. They don't really seem to be dealing much with the uh, Croatan people. No. It's just the Sakotans that are there and giving them a whole heap of trouble. Yeah. Fortunately, by June, relief came, but not Grenville's ships. I mean, I'm really annoyed that one of the houses was named after him now. He seems pretty rubbish. He's a bit rubbish, yeah. So it's not Grenville that turns up. 
but Sir Francis Drake. Hey! He was returning to England after a successful campaign, and he had equipment, refugees, and slaves, mm-hmm. which he intended to drop off at Sir Walter Raleigh's colony. I feel like for Francis Drake appearing in anything, we should use the Indiana Jones music. <laughs> I don't remember Indiana Jones bringing slaves. No, no. <laughs> I mean, there was that one child that he seemed to have enslaved. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. (laughs) Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) Well, Francis Drake arrives, and he basically sees that everything has gone to shit. (laughs) And he's like, I just thought I'd be giving, you know, like a bit of a boost to help you out. But I you... thought I was just stopping by to say hello. Yeah, basically. Show you a friendly English face. Yeah. So he's sort of like, all right, everything has clearly gone tits up here. <laughs> yeah. What I'm going to do is I am going to leave you with one of my ships, and that ship contains four months' worth of food and supplies. Right. So look after it, all right? <laughs> Why do I immediately feel like someone's going to kind of bumble in there, like English 60s comedy style, <laughs> set fire to the boat or something? I don't know. Oh, no. No, that's not going to happen. Okay. No, not at all. Sure. So this ship, the Francis, they begin to pull it to shore. He named it after himself. He did, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. People need to get calm down with their naming traditions. Like, the Tiger is cool. The Tiger is cool. The Golden Heart, which is Francis's other ship that's quite famous. Mm. Cool name. Calling your ship Francis or Elizabeth. Just like, no. It's a bit lazy, isn't it? It's so lazy. Yeah. Well, they begin to sail it to the shore and the wind changes. (sighs) And the Francis is washed out to sea. No. Yes. The the wind does not change that much. (laughs) This is just bad piloting. Yeah, I think so. To be fair, I think this was being piloted by colonists who were half-starved. So... Yeah, but there's food on the boat. You eat the food on the boat, you pilot the boat. <laughs> well, whatever happened, they lose the Francis. That's just rubbish. Yeah. That's just, no, that's just really bad. It's really bad. So... I kind of imagine it as they seeing the ship floating away on the horizon with, like, the last hope going yeah. with it. And Ralph Lane decides at that point, they're going to nope out of there. Yeah, fair enough. But also, how are they going to do that? They can't steer a ship. Well, Sir Francis Drake is still there. Oh, good. And <laughs> he's just watched his ship float away and is like... God's sake. I think so. Ralph Lane apparently manages to persuade his men including Manteo, who's actually stayed with them, All right. to abandon the colony. Okay. Manteo's like, I'm just in it for the clockwork, man. That's yeah. all I care about. He also manages to persuade Sir Francis Drake to give them all a lift home, because I think that <laughs> Francis Drake probably doesn't want them when he's seen that they no! just lost one of his ships. <laughs> I... In my mind, there's like a middle section here that got left out of the thing where he asked Sir Francis if he could have another chance. Sir Francis gave him another <laughs> boat. That boat also floated out to sea. And they were like, can you take us home? And he's like, fine. That's it. You're done. <laughs> You're going home. 
Well, they leave behind three colonists and possibly the refugees and the slaves. Three colonists? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I think there was an idea that they'd have a sort of skeleton crew. Uh, and That's not enough. No. <laughs> well, I think that they would be bolstered by the refugees and slaves. Because the thing is, we know that Drake had them. Right. And then there's no mention of them when he returns to England. Okay. So it seems most likely that he drops them off here with the colony. Well, we have got history of Drake dropping random slaves on islands mm. that might not even have a water supply. So Very this true. would not surprise me. Yeah. Now, barely a few days after the colonists had left, a relief ship sent by Sir Walter Raleigh <laughs> arrives at the abandoned colony. <laughs> Two weeks later, the fabled Grenville ships also arrive oh with fresh supplies. That's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So what they decided to do, they heard the story of what had happened and they were like, okay, we weren't really meant to be colonists, but we're kind of going to stay with you until we can get another expedition. Because quite frankly, there are three of you, a bunch of refugees, yeah. and a bunch of slaves, yeah. and you need more people. Yes. So of course, this isn't the final expedition. And this is not the Lost Roanoke Colony. Okay. That actually comes next. Ooh. So despite the utter failure of the expedition, the paintings that had been done by the artist John White I'd mentioned before, as well as the maize, tobacco and potatoes brought back to England, furthered the desire for an American colony. I love that back in the day, people would look at corn and be like, oh my God. Yeah. I must go there. Yeah. Potatoes? Luxury. <laughs> <laughs> well, in May 1587, a third expedition was sent. This time, it was headed by John White, the artist. Okay. And it contained not just men, but women and children too. About 118 in total. Okay. And this included John White's pregnant daughter, Eleanor, and her husband. The expedition arrived in July, and they had found a desperate situation. Yeah. The Grenville Company that had gone on to try and rebuild the colony had all disappeared. Okay. They did find some bones there. <laughs> okay. It looks like the Sokotan people or possibly one of the other tribes had basically taken vengeance and was like, this is it. We're just going to get rid of the last of you and then we're done. Yeah. And the Grenville people are like, we weren't part of this. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but fortunately for them, they had actually kind of separated into a few different groups. So there were another group of English people on a different island who basically managed to flag down the ship as it went by. Okay. And they said, hey, you're going to join with us. You're not going to go on to the colony. You're going to join with us. Right. Because we're doing better here. Okay. But so so this is like the colony that's kind of split off. Yeah. And it's like, don't go there. Yeah. Your pregnant daughter does not want to see corpses. Yeah, basically. However, the White Expedition does not join with them, but goes on to Roanoke Island to found their colony. Okay, I love that it's called the White Expedition now. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if that's irony. It's not really like, irony. It's just funny. Yeah. Now, there were obviously still tensions between the English and the native tribes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the English did learn that Wanchez had led several of the tribes to attack the Grenville party. Mm -hmm. 
And the new colony's nearest neighbours, uh, the Croatan people, were wary of dealing with the English, having heard of what happened last yeah, time. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. So far, like, it's described as the Roanoke mystery. What happened to these people? And so far, it sounds like maybe the tribes, like, just killed them all because they're not happy. Now, the thing is... When we get on to the actual Roanoke mystery, that is a theory. Okay. But it is largely debunked. Really? Yeah. Okay. It has spread around quite a bit, but the idea that it was the tribes who took out th- this lost colony was actually promoted by 19th century historians who were trying to portray the Native Americans as ignorant savages. Oh, the evidence. Oh, damn. I feel like I've just portrayed them as ignorant savages, mm. whereas I just like genuinely i just felt like it would make sense the thing is it would make sense but the thing is that the third colony has a very different experience from the second one okay as far as we can tell and this is partly because manteo is there and he is ready to be the diplomat he was born to be he basically smoothed things over with the croatan people okay and he must have done a really good job at this because this colony did accidentally kill a few Croatans. What? Well, they came across an abandoned village, which they thought belonged to this particular tribe that had attacked the Grenville party. Right. They found some natives there and killed them because, you know, it's clearly this tribe. Right. But it was actually Croatan looters who had found this abandoned village. Oh, okay. <laughs> and were trying to gank their stuff. Either way, it's not the best immediate reaction. No, it's not. But Manteo managed to smooth everything over. He is basically the ambassador. Okay, cool. He really likes England. He knows the language of these people. I mean, yeah. he is one of these people. He's the son of the previous chief, I'm assuming, Exactly. At this point. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like, thanks to his diplomacy, everything's going to be all right. Oh, and chill. he's actually rewarded with baptism and the title of Lord of Roanoke. Okay, not sure about the baptism thing because you know icky I know, colonial history, I know. but Lord of Roanoke is very cool. It is cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like recognition. You are one of us, and we like you. Yeah. So things are looking up, and they get better. In August 1587, Eleanor Dare, John White's daughter, mm-hmm. gives birth to the first English child to be born in the New World. Wow. She was given the name Virginia after the land they had claimed, and Virginia Dare is like. People who know a bit about American history will know of her as the first child born in America. First English child born in America. Was this the first European child born in America or the first English child born in America? I think it is first European. Mm. Yeah, I think it is more. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking North, like America, USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about North America. Yeah. So things are looking better, but of course, it's still difficult. I mean, founding a new colony is not easy. And especially if you don't fully know the land. So the colonists decide they're going to need some more help. Yeah. So they send John White to go back to England and ask for more help. Because basically, as the head of the company and as, you know, a friend of Sir Walter Raleigh, he's going to be able to be the best person to get them the things they need. Okay. Unfortunately, bad weather makes the journey really slow. And by the time John White gets back to England, Elizabeth I had ordered a stay of shipping. Oh, no. 
Now, Why? stay of shipping is basically you cannot... Ships cannot leave yeah. Britain. And this is because of renewed hostilities with the Spanish and the fear of the Spanish Armada. Ah. Now, people who know a bit about English history will probably know about the Spanish Armada and know that ultimately it didn't really amount to much, mostly because of a storm. Yeah, this was the good thing about anyone trying to invade England. As Kate Beaton says, they always try to invade during Storm Week. Absolutely. But at the time, it was a real threat. Yeah. Like this was possibly the thing that would invade England and take it over and it would become part of the Spanish Empire. I mean, the Spanish Armada is fascinating. It was possibly the last crusade, depending Mm. on how you define a crusade, but it was approved by the Pope. Yeah. And they had these gigantic ships. Yeah. And there's often a whole thing about, we had speedier, smaller ships, which is how we defeated them. No, it was the storm. But still, (laughs) imagine all these these gigantic ships coming from Spain, which is a massive empire to try and conquer England. It's a whole whole thing. Yeah. Well, what the Spanish Armada ultimately means for the Roanoke colony is that they're not able to get a ship to them until August 1590. Damn. Now, this is about three years after they send John White to go back home. Yeah, and if you're setting up a colony, that's a long time. It's a very long time. And what John White and his crew find at the colony will come next week on (gasps) That Time When... Because now we get into the mystery of it. So thank you for listening to That Time When and join us next week for the second part of The Missing Roanoke Colony. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4 and suggest episodes to us at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you as ever to Kevin McLeod for his theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby's used on the pod. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and don't lose your ships out to sea. Bye!